for nine years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And 30 years of Rosie on the House. Welcome to our number four of Rosie on the House, your Saturday morning tradition for 30 years. If you were just joining us or just tuning in this hour, you've missed an incredible program so far. Seven o'clock, our open line hour. Rosie had a great conversation with the Hiking Shack. That's the hour we talk about Arizona people, places, and things. Eight o'clock hour, we had Hickman's in here talking about eggs as our farm fresh product this month tied into Easter, which was last weekend, obviously. 9 o'clock hour, open line hour, and we had a great interview about aging in place. And this is our 10 o'clock hour where we dive deep into something specific about your house, home, castle, or cabin. And this year we're following a brand new lineup that all revolves around our home maintenance calendar. One of the things we put together that's free to you, the Arizona homeowner, as part of our Thank You for 30 campaign we've uh, put together to celebrate. And we go into April. And the entire month of April and the topic-driven hour here in this 10 o'clock hour is about outdoor living. To start out your outdoor living, to kick off the month of April, we've brought in an evap-cooling company that's right here in the great state of Arizona. But before we dive into that, for anyone that's less than, you know, born after 90 or maybe from other parts of the country where there's a lot more humidity— uh, Mr. Gary Jonas, what's an evap cooler? <laughs> evap coolers are um, it's a way to cool a home. It is a one-pass system uh, as opposed to a refrigeration system, which is a recirculation system. So what happens when you use an evaporative cooler is you're bringing outdoor air in. You're pulling that air across a cooling media or the pad, and we're blowing that cold air into the house. Uh, you can use it outside and blow cold air around your patio as well. Um, it's used in factories to keep people cool, and it's much less expensive than running your regular refrigeration system. And evap cooling hit first hit the market. Uh, evaporative cooling. When you think really the basics of evaporative cooling, the pioneers used evaporative cooling to cool their homes when they would open up their their leeward and their windward side of the house. They'd put the drapes on the windward side and let the wind blow through, soak the drapes in water, and cool off the house that way. So that's the birth of evaporative cooling as far as cooling your home. Uh, we're not that primitive anymore, so we do things a little bit differently now. Um, years ago, and when evaporative cooling, uh, evaporative coolers became popular, uh, they came up with the Aspen cooler, which is uses uh, an Aspen media or an Aspen pad, which is really just shredded Aspen wood, and it soaks up the water real well. And they pull the air in across the Aspen wood and blow that air into the home. So, talk about. When you say it holds the water really well, how are we getting the water into the – and you're using an interchangeable word, median and pad. That's the same thing. Same thing, right. And just like evap cooling and swamp cooling, a lot of people may have known it or heard of it as swamp cooling. Interchangeable, same right. exact thing. Yeah. The, the evaporative coolers got the name swamp cooler probably because a lot of people didn't use, do the proper maintenance on their evaporative coolers. And when they would start them up, they'd really kind of smell bad. So they kind of got that – stigma attached to it. The swampy smell. The swampy smell, right. But uh, for the for the basic evaporative cooler, what you have is you have a, a, a metal box and you have a, a motor in there and a way to move the air. It could be any either a, a centrifugal blower, which most of them are, or you can use it, uh, an axial fan. Either way will work, but you're pulling that air in and blowing it into the house. Now that air has to get pulled across that those media pads. 
that has a reservoir of water that gets replenished with a float valve. And as that water gets evaporated, that water gets replenished into that reservoir. So you have constant water flow over the pads back into the reservoir, and it, it just recirculates that way. And the Aspen pads were popular because, as you mentioned, they would hold water well. Yeah, the Aspen pads hold water really well, or uh, the Aspen or that Aspen wood. Um, there's other types of media out on the market. Uh, some are, are better than others, and they're all rated by their saturation efficiency. Um, Aspen pads are rated at 75% saturation efficiency, um, which works fairly well for most everybody, but we've developed a lot more um, uh, efficient media or ef efficient pads. Uh, since then. Is it uh, aspen mixed with eucalyptus? Um, no, it's just aspen. <laughs> it's shredded aspen wood. It looks like hay. We get that raw wood and we create these pads out of it and then they get stuffed into the pad frames and those pad frames get hung in the cooler. Um, Maintenance-wise, you have to replace those once a year uh, on the aspen uh, pads, so the aspen media. And uh, um, it drops the temperature just via evaporation. So a lot of people say, oh, yeah, you know, I, I put like ice cubes in my, in my evaporative cooler and it makes it get really cold. Well, it, make, it might make that air temperature get a little bit cold for a little while. But the reality is that room temperature water it's, is just as good. And that evaporation is what really gets that, cool, gets that cooling effect. And how big of an airspace can one of these units cool down? I mean, is this something that you could apply to a whole home? Is this Absolutely. something? Absolutely. We have evaporative coolers that are as small as a small window view cooler that you could put in your uh, 10 by 10 tool shed in the backyard. And we make coolers as big as 35,000 CFM that they would, could cool an entire factory. We put multiples of those on a big factory to cool a factory. So they come in all shapes and sizes, depending on your particular application. And if you get on one of the elevated freeways around town in an industrial area, you see a lot of these on top of warehouses. Still a very popular way to cool large spaces that uh, to otherwise insulate to air condition doesn't make economic sense. Exactly. Yeah, you'll see them, especially Arizona, Nevada, uh, the desert southwest. Factories, for the most part, it's almost the only way to cool factories efficiently. Um, you're going to find a lot of... Uh, uh, data centers that are using more complex systems, a lot of them will use like a hybrid of sorts. They'll use uh, evaporative coolers and they'll use chiller systems. And there's a lot of other things out there for some of the really big data centers. But for the most part, a warehouse, a factory, like an assembly plant like ours, we use evaporative cooling just like every warehouse in our neighborhood. And a really observant homeowner may notice on residential homes sometimes in the winter, it'll look like an air conditioning <coughs> unit that's been tarped. That's, that's an evap cooler. That's somebody, yes. that's a homeowner that actually knows what they're supposed to do with their evap cooler. Right. Now, that's typically those are the Aspen coolers that they have tarped like that, and they button them all up. When you look up on somebody's roof, when you look at one of the newer um, rigid media coolers, the more efficient coolers that we've been making for probably now the past 25, 30 years, they look just like the other air conditioner. You put that next to the air conditioner on the roof, unless you know what you're looking at, you can't really tell the difference. Why would somebody have a VAP cooler today? The, the couple of big reasons, I guess the, 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 the one reason that most people would use an evaporative cooler is for the cost. Everybody knows that when you in the middle of the summer, especially out here in Arizona, Nevada, and the desert southwest, it gets really hot and you're running that air conditioner. And you can have an air conditioning bill of two or three or even $400 a month 
or your electric bill due to the air conditioner for two or three hundred dollars a month. An evaporative cooler uses about 30% of that power. So you can, if you just took the money that you spent on cooling the house alone, subtracted everything else out of it, you could be cooling your house with one third of that. Um, another thing is the fresh air. A lot of the newer homes that are being built, the windows are so tight and the walls are so well insulated, you get what you what a lot of people are calling sick home disease, where you get that stagnant air. There's not a lot of doors aren't being opened and closed a lot. You're not getting a lot of fresh air. With an evaporative cooler, it is a one-pass system. So you pull air in, pressurize it into the house, and let it exhaust through windows, doors, or upducts through the attic and attic vents and whatnot. And the upduct would be the ideal situation. Absolutely. Because well, I'll let you explain it. I mean, it, it completes the system, and it's so brilliant because in an air conditioning system that could be sucking air-conditioned air into the attic through uh, lighting, fixtures, poorly taped drywall joints, you're sucking very expensive air-conditioned air in, right. whereas in a VAP cooler, you're blowing cheap air-conditioned air into your attic. Right. If you've ever gotten up into your attic in the middle of the summer to change a light fixture or to run some wiring— you'll realize if it's 110 degrees outside, it's more like 150 degrees inside your attic. One of the, another one of the benefits from evaporative cooling is if you put the upducts in, and an upduct is simply a duct that looks like a, a vent in the ceiling, and when the evaporative cooler turns on, the upduct opens, and that air from the house gets blown up into the attic. And it's nothing that requires electricity, which is what no. I love about it. It opens because the pressure from the air blowing in has to escape. Lifts the pressure on these spring-loaded up ducts. Right. So it's a passive way to push the air into your into home. Into the attic. Into the attic. Hot air rises, so it's pushing all the hot air up through the ridge vent of your roof. And it's a complete cooling system, not just for... The air-conditioned space that an air-conditioner does, but the entire home, which includes the attic, you reduce the temperature difference between the outside and the inside. That's less wear and tear on the membrane of your roofing system. I mean, it's just it's a complete package for the home. Absolutely. I mean, when you think about it, if you set your thermostat, sits on the wall in your hallway, and the thermostat's set at 75, you're blowing cold air into the house. When that house at the living area, at the five or six feet on the wall where that thermostat is, when that hits 75 degrees, that's when the cooler will turn off. Well, the air up near the ceiling, the lid line, is going to be maybe 80 degrees, maybe 85 degrees. A little, bit too, a little bit too warm for you to be comfortable in, but it is very cold or it, compared to what the attic would be. So you're pushing the cool air up to the ceiling and pushing that 80-degree air into the attic to relieve that 150-degree air and blow that out and try and maintain maybe a 90-degree temperature in your attic. Now, a home that wasn't built with evap cooling, how easy is that to marry a system onto it? Um, there's a couple of different ways that you can do it. Um, some people use a method where they, just, they, they don't use the existing ductwork. They go down to the main hallway, and then they just pressurize the house there and then put the upducts in and open doors and windows that way. You can also use the existing ductwork, but that can sometimes reduce the amount of airflow. 
the ductwork for an air conditioning system is much smaller than you would need to get the adequate airflow for evaporative cooling. But a lot of people still do that. That you give up a little bit of airflow, but you don't have to do as much on the install. We're talking with Gary Jonas of Phoenix Manufacturing, and you may be thinking, okay, it's April, and we're talking outdoor living. Everything you've been talking about is air conditioning for the home. How does this evap cooling for the home? How does this apply? Well, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're building up. We just we needed to go through a little bit of history about what evap cooling is. How envious are you right now of everyone that's outside of this glass soundproof studio enjoying this beautiful Saturday morning? All right, we should be golfing right now. <laughs> Right in the middle of a conversation with product specialist from Phoenix Manufacturing, Mr. Gary Joas. I got it right that time. I kept putting an N in it. Best friend in high school was Jonas, and I, I keep tying it in. But somebody listening to this and thinking through all the benefits we've talked about of app cooling, they've got to be asking themselves, well, why did the industry ever go away from this? I think uh, the biggest problem when the, we're in the evaporative cooling industry was when they started making more and more efficient refrigeration systems and they started raising the sear from 10 sear to 12 sear and then you know 16 sear and 18 sear the evaporative cooler industry didn't really respond and say hey what about us you know we're still here we're still a lot less expensive than running a compressor on the side of the house um so we probably missed the boat a little bit uh back there and uh so now we're in a position to where we're trying to have a, a, a rebirth and a rejuvenation of the residential business. You know, it's still out there on factory roofs. It's being used like crazy. But we really kind of lost lost a hold of a lot of the, the, the new building construction, new home construction. Well, I can't tell you a house that Rosie or I own that doesn't have an evap cooler in the garage. And we'll get to the garage aspect and the patio aspect. But one other thing just to address as somebody's... You know, for educational purposes, an evap cooler in the monsoon, when we get that high humidity, you start running into a, a reduced a reduced efficiency. Talk yeah. through that. Yeah, that happens. And the easiest way to explain it, as the humidity goes up, there's a thing called a wet bulb depression. And that's the difference between a dry and a wet bulb temperature. The dry bulb temperature is what we feel every day. The wet bulb temperature is the coldest the air is going to get through evaporation. So if you, had, if you had a media or a pad that was 100% efficient, which nobody has, you'd be able to be blowing air out of that evaporative cooler at the wet bulb temperature. Now, the efficiency of the media comes into play because the difference between the dry and the wet bulb temperature is that area that you're able to use. So if there's a difference of 30 degrees, it's 100 degrees out, the wet bulb temperature is 70. If I, if I have media that's 75% efficient, I'm going to be blowing I'm going to be reducing the temperature by 20 degrees. Okay, so you subtract that. Um, we have media, the more efficient media now is 93.5% efficient. So if you have a wet bulb depression of 40 degrees and it's 110 degrees out, I can be blowing almost 70 degree air out of that evaporative cooler. As that humidity goes up and as that wet bulb depression gets smaller, so that wet bulb temperature gets higher and closer to the dry bulb temperature, we, Instead of 70, you maybe only get 80 You may go and get 80, which is where in the residential in, in a residential application, you don't want 80-degree air blown into your house. That's why in July and August, you want to shut down the evaporative cooler for a little while and turn on your air conditioner for another couple of weeks. So there are times where you're going to still have to use air conditioner in the desert southwest. There's places in Colorado and Utah where they don't use refrigeration at all. People use evaporative coolers as their sole means of cooling. 
You can do that in the Rockies. Absolutely. You can do it in Flagstaff. You know, if you had a house in Flagstaff, if you're living in Flagstaff, I'm sure there's a lot of people up in Cottonwood and Flagstaff. They're using evaporative coolers. And if it's cool enough, you know, if you're only looking at a temperature of 95 or 100 degrees, even if the wet bulb depression isn't all that great, if you can be blowing 75 or 80 degree air through the house and you get that velocity effect, it keeps you cool. And with the changes in the new rate structure with the utilities, I think we're going to see a resurgence to this as people are going to be becoming yet creative again on cutting their utility costs. But I want everyone to understand you wouldn't run your evap cooler on peak and your air conditioning and off peak because you're making the two units work harder. They right. are completely conflicting in how they cool the home. You, An evap cooler adds moisture. A air conditioning removes moisture. So you're just wearing down your air conditioning if you're right. trying to operate them at the same time. You've got to completely operate one or the, or the other. other. Yeah, a lot of a, a lot of people would say when the dew point hits 55, turn off your evaporative cooler and start using your air conditioner again. And then once that dew point comes back down to 55, shut down your air conditioner, turn on that evaporative cooler for the rest of the season. And how long does that change? I mean, can I go back and forth one week to the next sure. if it keeps jumping up and down? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit inconvenient to do that. So, I mean, I know with, with, for myself, I would decide, all right, I'm going to just Pull the plug on the evap because the temperature's starting to be consistently above that, you know, 55 degree um, dew, dew point. point. And then I'm just going to wait because once it hits that, in the old days here, they used to say when the dew point goes stays above 55 degrees for three days in a row, that's what we're calling our monsoon season. Well, now for some reason, our weather companies decided to just just an arbitrary date, arbitrary 15th, date, think, which is silly. But but if you go to the the old school method and say it's when that when that dew point is above fifty five for three days in a row, it's not likely going to come down for another month or so historically here in the valley. So once you hit that point, just turn it off, switch over to refrigeration for a couple of weeks or a month or a month and a half if it takes it. And then switch back again, then you're probably good for the rest of the year. And you all have a great uh, – and we're going to get into the individual products here on, on the next segment. But you all have a great website, phoenixmanufacturing.com, that breaks it down from residential, commercial, mobile, and outdoor. We're going to get into all those different applications right after this. And you can email us at info at rosyonthehouse.com. You've been involved in uh, evap cooling in Phoenix, Arizona for – Since uh, 1988. You probably identify a lot. A lot of evap cooler uh, manufacturer models over the past years. If someone's got an old one they had questions on, just snap a picture and Absolutely. we can help pinpoint it. All right here at Rosie on the House. Thank you for tuning in to Rosie on the House, your Saturday morning tradition for 30 years. Join live in studio with Gary Joas of Phoenix Manufacturing. And y'all have... Uh, let's let's get to the build-up to all this. We've been talking about evaporative cooling, the way it works, uh, the technical aspect of it. You had mentioned Flagstaff in the break that a lot of people don't have air conditioning. And, but the key savings for your electrical consumption comes in how little electricity it costs to operate a blower or an air conditioning. That's the difference, the blower versus the compressor. And Mention that because it's important for people to to understand that if you're considering evap cooling on your savings and it costs a lot of money to turn that compressor on. Absolutely, yeah. If you if you think about how much power you could look at 
like a five-ton air conditioning unit, and you can compare it to a one-horsepower motor on an evaporative cooler. Um, the savings, like, like I mentioned earlier in the show, the savings for the evaporative cooler is going to be about one-third the cost because you're not running a compressor. You're just turning a, like a fan motor and a little pump that pumps water up over, up over the media pad. So your electricity savings is, is, is the biggest part about that. And even though it may run the whole time during on-peak, it's less energy consumption less energy. than what is required to start that compressor every every time 40 minutes 30 minutes however many times it needs to cycle to maintain all every time that compressor turns on there's a big surge and it's more electricity used at the end than just a fan mower continuously yeah and tucson is a huge market like you mentioned before we said also flagstaff is great because it doesn't ever get really that hot and people can actually get away without having a refrigeration system at all but tucson is a huge market for us as well i mean we're sitting here in phoenix right now we talk about phoenix phoenix but tucson is a huge market for us and now we have coolers that are advanced enough that they have a thermostat that is every bit as complicated and every bit as good as your air conditioner thermostat. We have automatic setback thermostats. We've got, uh, you know, it's three event or four event, 24-7 programmable. You're able to say, well, I'm leaving for work. I don't want it running at this temperature. I want it to run a little bit less. Um, you know, we have all these features that we've been developing, uh, more efficient media. Um, so many changes, you know, we've done in the past 20, 30 years. Now, take me to – well, before we get there, one of the other kickbacks is you've got – it has water, so it requires maintenance. You've got to drain it. You've got to fill it. You've got to make sure you're replacing your pumps. Less hands-on. You know, they'll, they'll sit there maintenance-wise and on the phone for – but it's kind of what it is. <laughs> there is maintenance. There's maintenance that is required for an evaporative cooler. The nice part about the maintenance on an evaporative cooler, it is as simple as just about anybody that shops at Home Depot – can do the maintenance on an evaporative cooler. Unlike an air conditioning system, when your air conditioner acts up and it's not running, you're paying a lot of money to have a licensed technician to come out. It may or may not need Freon. Then you're paying for that. Freon has gotten very expensive because of the regulations that are put on them because of the, the CFCs. And now they can't evacuate the Freon into the atmosphere, so you have to pump that out, and then they have to dispose of it properly. With an evaporative cooler, you just have water and blowing air. And if you're going to do the maintenance on it, all you really have to do is take a garden hose, rinse it off. If the media is old, like we talked earlier, change the media once a year for Aspen coolers. The rigid media coolers, like the more efficient coolers that we sell now, you don't have to change that media for anywhere from five to seven years. So the only maintenance is to get there and hose it down with a garden hose and make sure that there's no dust and dirt in the bottom. You pull the drain valve, let the water go down the drain, put the standpipe back in, the drain valve back in. And you're good to go. It's very, very easy to maintain, even for people that don't want to do a lot of maintenance. Now, let's get this application into real life living. When you uh, were growing up in Phoenix or Arizona, or I'm sure you're from New Jersey. Right. So, so it probably sounded more like this. Gary, close the door when you go outside. It's 20 below out there. You're letting all the heat That's out. Right. Yeah. You know, here it's close the door, you're letting all the cold air out. Right. You would never consider opening your uh air conditioning the outdoor space. But evap coolers are so effective, you could just turn it on on your patio and you've got the products just that are roll around made for 
in your garage, bring it out to your patio, have a nice passive air cooling off the, the surrounding areas. You can extend your outdoor living season in Arizona you know, by weeks. Right. Yeah, because it's a one-pass system, it is an absolutely great thing for your patio. It's a great thing to have outside. It's a great thing for your workshop, for your garage, where you're probably not likely to try and air condition that space. Most people's garages are not insulated. My garage isn't insulated. Now, when you're building a house and you are planning to do a lot of work in your garage, you may insulate your garage. It's an option with most home builders, but most people don't do it. They don't spend the money to do it. So to try and refrigerate or air condition that space it's very inefficient because as soon as you open up that door, all that cold air goes right out. If you've got an evaporative cooler blowing into that space, you're constantly forcing outside air, cooling it into that space, wiping that heat off. What happens in your garage if you've got it air conditioned and you pull a hot car in? Well, it's going to take you another four hours to cool down that garage. When you have an evaporative cooler in there, it's blowing that hot air from that car right out that door. Um, as far as out on your patio, you can't air condition your patio. A lot of people put up misters, but if you have a party at your house and the mister starts dripping, you get a couple of ladies that do not like water dripping on their head and messing up their dew. That's not a good thing at a, at a nice well, outdoor dinner party. And not even dripping, but just the, just the even humidity, atomized right? water, water flowing over them. Uh, you will see that if you've ever been to a patio where they have uh, misting systems, you'll notice they're... Usually, it's only the guys sitting right close right to the, the, the right. water. Now, a great benefit to this, you mentioned party. If you're hosting somebody, I mean, how many things do we do in the summer? We, we go swimming. We have swim parties. We have 4th of July barbecues. We have Memorial Day. Or is it Labor Day? What's the one in May? Memorial Day. Memorial Day. I'm, I'm Labor Day, September. You still have that. You still have <laughs> <laughs> Both apply. Yeah. <laughs> well, how you don't grill inside your house? How many times do you have to walk back and forth inside? Now, you can throw your doors wide open if you've got an evap cooler home because now the air is just going exhausting out. You could have your patio pal out on the patio blowing air, complimenting each other. You don't have to worry about constantly opening the doors, closing doors, putting uh, like gl- sticky notes on the glass so grandpa doesn't run into the glass exactly. when somebody shut it. How do you keep yourself cool when you're out there cooking on the grill? Right now you're going to have a big Fourth of July party. You got the whole family over there, and it's 115 degrees in Arizona. Everybody, all the kids are in the pool. Where are you? You're standing by the grill. So not only are you out in the sun, you're standing by this thing that is like cooking meat as well as you. How do you keep cool? People put fans on them. They'll have misters that'll do whatever. But wouldn't it be nice to have something sitting right next to you, blowing cold air on you? Because at that point, you're the most important guy there. You're the guy making the food. Got to keep you cool while you're cooking burgers or cooking dogs or cooking steaks or whatever. And hydrated. Something brilliant y'all did that I, I really wish I would have thought of first and beat you to the market with it, but I didn't, was you combined an ice chest and an evap cooler. So on the patio pal, you've got your evap cooler and you can hold six cases of water on top. <laughs> Anybody that walks by, you lift the top and you can have six, I mean, six, six cases, cases of cans. That's six times 24. Yeah. Of refreshments. Mm-hmm. So you've got it cool. You've got your ice chest combined with your vap cooler. And it's easy enough to still roll around. So if you needed to move it to the grill, you're done cooking. You want to turn it and point it to where you're eating. Right. It's on wheels. Um, so it 
pivots around. It has cutting boards on the side. You pop those out, throw them in the dishwasher when you're done. The nicest thing about it is you could be sitting there grilling, and if you need a cold, icy beverage, flip the lid, pull one out. It has a built-in bottle opener if you're drinking out of soda bottles. Yeah, those old, you know, <laughs> traditional Coca-Cola That's right. pop tops. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an absolutely great product for your patio. Well, I... I thought that was absolutely brilliant the first time I saw it, and I thought, why did it take us to 2015 for someone to think of this? Or how, when did y'all come out with that line? Um, Just been within the last couple of years. Yeah, we've been, we've been working at it, on it for a while. I mean, it's actually been in production for maybe two years. So, um, yeah, so it's it 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 was been in the in the, on the books for a while. I mean, the first sketch was 2011 that I had in my little sketchbook, but um really I'd have to say like 2 years ago, maybe 2016, 20 end of 2015 we really started getting the ball rolling and had mm-hmm. the first prototypes out there. So it uh, took us a while to get it. And when you talk about roll around, the way we use the our patio pal, sometimes we use it at home, but we actually we're in the arena so much. Now we don't have the patio pal is not going to do a horse a horse riding arena. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is a patio. It'll keep patio. you cool at the horse riding arena, but nobody else. <laughs> but yeah, we have larger ones as well. We have large roll arounds that do ten thousand cfm. That's a huge. You can do cool. barns. You can put it in a barn. Keep your horses cool. Keep your livestock cool. Animals love evaporative cooling, not well, just humans. Well, I put the patio pal in the back of the truck first before we hook up the gooseneck. So when we get to a rodeo ground and we set out, I put it at one end of the horse trailer, then we put up our canopy along the side in our chairs. So it just blows down our entire seating area. And you've got the ice chest right there that we then load after the fact and ice it down. So all weekend long, you know, the entire family can just have you know, their Gatorades, their Capri Suns, their waters, everything is right there, and you never have to worry about Absolutely. running out with six cases. I mean, it's, it's until it's a bit. until your friends find out it's <laughs> <That's> there. <right. laughs> well, another good thing, uh, another feature is, you know, I, I know it holds a lot of cans, but the cooler itself is designed to hold like a two-liter bottle of pop standing on end. So it doesn't take up a lot of room. Like a lot of times you have coolers and you have to lay those down because you can't get the cooler lid closed. Well, this one that is deep enough to where you could stand up that or a bottle of wine or a bottle of pop. <clears throat> Margarita mix. Margarita mix. Uh, there, there's a reason for the cutting boards on the side. That's it for slicing lines. lines that's right. <laughs> and or vegetables, or you want to make uh, Bloody Marys. Bloody Marys, <laughs> something like that. It's yeah. it's It was an absolute brilliant idea, but y'all didn't stop there. Take this inside our... You know our our shop. Oh, the shop. So the for the shop, you have um, what we call the shop blaster, and the shop blaster is a the exact same evaporative cooler at the bottom, and it but it has a toolbox, a mechanics grade toolbox. Um, the same company that makes the Craftsman toolboxes makes this toolbox for us, and we built a shell for that that has speakers and Bluetooth stereo built in, a charging station for your phone or your laptop, and it's all built in to an evaporative cooler below to keep your garage. If you got that project garage and you're working on your 57 Chevy, you got the thing blowing cold air on you, you got your music going. Rosie on the house. You could stream it. There you go. And through your, through <laughs> your speakers. <laughs> you can listen to music after uh, 11 after o'clock. The show. <laughs> right, after the show.
as we're getting into our last segment, we've talked it up. I guess we should probably mention where somebody can go look on uh, End of App Cooling More, where they can buy these uh, Shop Blaster and Patio Pals online. Perfect Father's Day gift, perfect gift for anybody in the family that loves just outdoor entertainment or entertainment, period. Uh, you got a bunch of kids you want to send outside on the patio, flip that on, send them out there. <laughs> yeah, Mother's Day and Father's Day. <laughs> I tell the guys at the trade shows, you get the patio pal for Mother's Day for your wife, and then tell her, don't worry about Father's Day, because I already bought the shop blaster for myself. For Daddy. There yeah. you go. <laughs> <clears throat> you can find both of these uh, at rosieonthehouse.com in the air conditioning category under Phoenix Manufacturing. We've got them both listed there. Uh, there are locations you can go pick these up. You need a truck. You need to be able to unload it out of your truck when you get home. Or you can get it online at rosieonthehouse.com. We'll deliver it to your door within the week and it, it's a plug and play i mean it's not like there's any kind of setup no nope. uh i think there's an you got to attach the float valve i think yeah <laughs> it's it, there's a garden hose attachment there's a hard water line attachment for it um but it just plugs in just like any 110 volt appliance and plug it right into the to the outlet on your patio or in your garage depending on which model you're talking about Turn on the water pump, turn on the fan, you're good to go. You're good to go. Final thoughts that uh, we need to leave with Arizona homeowners as it relates to VAP cooling, how it applies to their home, their outdoor living space. You'd mentioned animals love it. I mean, we have VAP cool our chickens. As soon as I get done with uh, the, our, our mayor barn, you know, they're going out there. Yeah, I think if, if, if there had to be one thing, the most important thing I'd like to get across is the evaporative coolers that we have today are not your grandpa's evaporative cooler. The evaporative cooler that we had 30, 40, 50 years ago was the Aspen cooler, and we still make a lot of, of Aspen coolers. Um, it's our price point cooler. A lot of people buy those. They have them on their roof. They're, they're still just as efficient as they ever were. The difference is what we have today and the media that we have today can last five to seven years as opposed to having to change it once a year. Um, the pumps are better. The uh, drain systems, uh, we have programmable drain pumps now that you can actually program the drain pump. If you have really bad water, you can have the dump system run more frequently. Uh, and the dump system you could easily channel out to? To your garden. Nothing wrong with that water except the mineral content is just a little bit too high to continue using in an evaporative cooler. Um, you can run that out. People water Ours their citrus. Our garage water. door goes to our citrus tree. Goes right out the citrus trees. That most people do because you have this bulk of water, this 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 ten gallons of water that has to go somewhere, and it's going to evacuate every five hours or every eight hours. It's got to go somewhere. You might as well utilize that water. Um, like I said, it's. Perfectly good water, high in mineral content, just not really good to keep it in the evaporative cooler. And even though we're using a lot of water to operate an evap cooler, it's still less water than it than a lot of people would think. And it, I don't have the exact numbers with me, but the reduction in electricity, you know, well pays for it. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing is, you're still using water, and. People say, oh, well, if I'm using water in the desert, is that a bad to thing? To make the electricity. Yeah, think about that as well. But if, when you look about water, when you think about the water, you're using the water. Water is one of, one of our easiest renewable resources. What happens to water when it sits outside in a puddle? It evaporates. It becomes a cloud. All we're doing is making that evaporation happen a little faster. So you're not really wasting water. You're using water, and you're paying for that water. The difference is you're paying pennies for that water as opposed to dollars for your electricity. 
That's and, really where the difference lies. And the electricity all comes from water, <laughs> whether it's you know through nuclear power, yeah, nuclear pressure power. or nuclear power for <clears throat> right. spinning the turbines, making steam. So it's it's kind of a of a mute point. I wish I had the numbers specifically in front of me, but every time we get them, they change. You know, yeah. there, there's no exact science to that that water number. But anyway, it's a great application for just adapting to the desert and the environment. And Phoenix Manufacturing, y'all have been around for? 43 years. For 43 years. And commercial, residential, uh, outdoor, portable. Anything we're missing product-wise? What am I missing, Gary? Anything else that people need to know about evap cooling? Um, Just that if they have one on their house and they call a contractor and the contractor tries to talk them out of it, and saying I'm going to close up the hole, I'll sell you a more, uh, a more efficient air conditioning unit. Tell them thanks, but no thanks. The evaporative cooler is really what I want because I want to have both. You might as well have the best of both worlds. It gives you options. Absolutely. So, and even on those times we were, it was earlier this February. Uh, Amanda called. She's like, it's 84 degrees inside. She's like, I said, babe, turn on the air conditioning then. And we've got a lot of kids at home and. You don't want them to be uncomfortable. I cannot bring myself to do it. I've gone over there to turn on the air conditioning, and it's February. I can't do it. Uh, it's a perfect opportunity. To, right. the, you, you could even take your patio pal, roll it inside, and flip it on and or, or put it right outside your living room and blow it right into your living room where everyone's sitting anyway when it's that hot. In a pinch. In a pinch, <laughs> you could do that. We'd recommend doing a whole house cooler. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, Phoenix Manufacturing. You can find them at rosyonthehouse.com. Just look in the air conditioning or VAP cooling category. And uh, it's uh, when we can find something made in America, that's great. When we can find something that's made in Arizona, that's even better. Phoenix Manufacturing right here, local Arizona company, local business, local jobs, local industry. Everything is just, you know, it, it's, it's local support of our community. And the uh, direct website? phoenixmanufacturing.com. Gary, thanks for your time this Saturday morning, and tune in next Saturday. We'll continue our conversation on outdoor living here in this beautiful time of year to live in this beautiful state of Arizona.